If you need extra cash and have a closet filled with great styles from last spring, sell them to Plato's Closet in Midlothian and Short Pump for cash on the spot. April 1st through the 30th, for every five spring and summer items they purchase, you get a $5 closet cash bonus to be used by May 31st. They need tanks, t-shirts, short sleeves, shorts, dresses, swimwear, and sandals. Sell your spring styles to Plato's Closet in Short Pump on the corner of West Broad and Pemberton and in Midlothian in the Steinmart Festival Shopping Center next to AC Moore. Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. So gender reveal parties, the sex that you are at birth, what are you going to have? Oh, you're going to have a little girl. Oh, you can have a little boy. That is light years away from the gender you assign yourself. A lot of people have been doing this later on in life. Here to talk to us about that and a case that's been winding its way through the courts across the United States is Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College. Dr. Truman is the author of a new book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to the Sexual Revolution. Dr. Truman, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Always happy to have you, Carl. Um, okay, so this uh, court case is not um, probably on the top of everyone's mind. Meriwether v. Hartop, um, decided last week by the U.S. Uh, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, let's talk about the case. Um, you know, it, it's specific to a college campus, but you know, we we can certainly see that the issues apply other places. So, can you give us the outline of it? Yeah, it's it, it, it's. It relates to uh, a series of actions taken by the administration at Shawnee State University relative to one of its professors, uh, Professor Nicholas Merriweather. He's a philosophy press professor. He's also a devout Christian, and he had uh, in one of his classes a student who is biologically male but identifies as female, and he was required by his administration uh, to use the uh, pronouns of choice that the student demanded of him, even though that contradicted his own philosophical and religious views. And interestingly enough, even though Professor Merriweather attempted to, to offer a number of compromise positions to accommodate uh, the students and the students' concerns, all were turned down by the administration. And finally, he was subject to an investigation where he was not even allowed to call any witnesses in his own defense. Well, I think rightly, he decided to take legal action on this. And this court, uh, this case made its way up to the Sixth Court of Appeal. And thankfully, the Sixth Circuit has decided in his favor on the grounds that First Amendment uh, rights apply in the classroom. Uh, which is, I think, an important uh, judgment in the pronoun wars, but also an important judgment relative to uh, academic freedom and sending a message to academic administration. So it's it's a good result all round, I think. Right. Okay. So, Carl, you could speak to this very clearly. Uh, you know, you've taught in classrooms for many a year. So, what would that be like? Uh, you know, you put yourself into the to the um, 
the aggrieved position, I should say. And, um, you know, what I love about this is they talk about this professor using something called the Socratic method to address his students, which is, you know, your proper Mr. Hall or Ms. Emmons. And by doing that, you confer a, a bit of dignity and perhaps some, some energy into, into the, into the uh, proceedings. But then all of a sudden you say, you know, you, you, uh, you know, use this phrase, I'm going to misgender someone. And you, you call yourself a female when in fact you, you are a biological male. Now, by doing that, the aggrieved says, you know, by misgendering me, you've created shame within me. And you've, you know, given me less than uh, the status that I deserve. That's a problem. And I, I would want you to stop that and see me as the person who I am. And there's the big gulf, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's part, part of the, the problem here is, of course, is to what extent does the individual have the right to demand that of somebody else? One could easily imagine a situation in the classroom where a professor accidentally misgenders uh, somebody and, and finds themselves on the receiving end of a disciplinary suit, even where there's been no intention lying behind the, uh, the action at all. I think, though, on the whole, we, what this points to and what you're pointing to in, in the way you framed the, the question, John, is we're heading to a situation of real chaos here because if every person has the right to demand that other people conform to the form of address that they wish to have, uh, we're going to end up with complete anarchy because there are people, and I've seen them, them interviewed, who will tell you that their gender changes day by day or will tell you that their gender does not actually fit the, the male-female binary but is some other confession that they've come up with. We're going to end up with a situation where it's, it's virtually impossible to engage in any kind of social intercourse or dialogue with people for fear of causing uh, uh, offence. Some of it, I think, as well, has to come down to, to teaching young people that, you know, just having somebody refer to you in a way that you don't like does not actually destroy you as a person. It does not actually do that much harm to you. So I think there are a whole host of, of things at play here, all of which need to be addressed. Uh, and very few people, it seems, are actually willing to, to stand up and, and address these matters. Dr. Carl Truman is with us, Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. Uh, he's the author, as I've been showing you the book, I'll hold it up again, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Um, okay, Carl, so here's the question, I think, when it comes to the average person, um, is that uh, how much of the culture war do you want to fight in an interpersonal basis? You know, like theoretically... I very much agree with you. I appreciate I appreciated something you said very early in your article in First Things. Um, you were talking about Professor Merriweather, and you said Professor Merriweather is a devout Christian and therefore believes that reality is more than a linguistic or psychological construct. I think that's a very important point. Um, however, when you're when you're dealing with a person one on one, whether it's someone in your in your church, maybe one of your neighbors, um, in your school, wherever. I mean, there is also an element of I want to extend grace and kindness to someone, especially someone who has yet to believe. So how do you I'm not sure how 
how split the difference, right? How to split the, or is it, a, it is, is it a splitting of the difference? How do you, how do you respond? Well, interesting enough, I think that uh, Professor Merriweather offered something that I thought about myself, actually, if ever I was faced with this kind of situation. Professor Merriweather had said, look, he'd be willing to use the uh, chosen or the preferred pronouns of the student if he could actually have uh, a disclaimer in his syllabus to say that he was doing this as a gracious courtesy to this person, but didn't actually subscribe to the theory of gender which lay behind it. And I think that kind of thing is, I would say, a very, very reasonable compromise position where you're attempting to to keep a conversation going. I could imagine a situation as a pastor where, when I was pastor, if if somebody had come to me with a severe gender dysphoric condition, I could imagine saying to them, well, I'm willing to use your preferred name. I'm willing to use your preferred pronouns. You need to understand that that's not because I agree with the philosophical position that those rest on. It's because I care for you and I appreciate you as a person and I want to respect you as a person and continue the discussion we're having. Of course, what happened at Shawnee State was the the student uh, and the administration uh, rejected that as, as an option. And that seems to me to indicate that we're not really dealing here with two parties trying to find common ground where the concerns of both sides can be respected. We're in a position where one side is determined to press its position unconditionally on the other. Merriweather offers a compromise. The administration never did. And that's, a, that's one of the, the sort of the poker tells in this mm. situation, I think. And Carl, I'm sure, you know, especially in a, in a public institution of higher learning, uh, not doing that or doing that before you have received a tenured position would essentially be career suicide. I mean, if you're going to say, I'll meet you halfway, well, that's not going to be good enough. It, it has to be all or we'll just dismiss you outright. Yes, I mean, the pressure to conform is huge. At, a, at any institution, I think when the administration take a certain position, it's hard for professors to stand against it, even if you have tenure. Tenure does not unconditionally protect you from being disposed of by the administration. So uh, Merriweather took a very courageous position uh, here, and it's good that the court have supported him. Uh, whether he will ever be able to return to the classroom at Shawnee State, of course, is, a, is another matter because uh, one can only imagine how toxic and poisoned the atmosphere there now is with respect to him. But, you know, Carl, in, in your piece in First Things, where you wrote about this in depth, you said that, you know, the aggrieved, the, uh, the Jane Doe or the John Doe person who had brought the suit was an active, engaged, one of the top students in the class. So even though there was this animosity about, you know, he, she, or whatever, there was still a a great intellectual uh, exchange happening between teacher and student. Yes, there's no evidence that other than the the pronouns, as far, I mean, all I know is the the court uh, judgment that I've read, but the court judgment seems to make it clear that there's no evidence that Merriweather was at all prejudiced against Doe as a person. Uh, it was simply the matter of the pronouns that was the issue because Doe, by all accounts, did very well in, in, in the class. So, uh, you know, Merriweather does come across as a very decent, upright, and straightforward person. The administration come out of this terribly. They flip-flop on the reasons why mm-hmm. you do this, and it really does 
look as if they were out to get him because of his Christian faith. That's the impression anyway when you read uh, the judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the, that's the risk you run whenever we are outside of that interpersonal relationship, right? Is that all of a sudden pe- other people who aren't involved weigh in and do this and do that. And all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a much bigger, you know, issue than maybe it was at the start. Carl, thanks for being with us today. I always appreciate you being on because you're able to talk about larger cultural trends and your specific viewpoint on them while never, you know, forgetting that this is also in large part an interpersonal thing between one and another. So thanks for that, Carl. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Dr. Carl Truman from Grove City College, his brand new book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment. And tell a friend to subscribe today.